0: Hey friends, this is your friendly spoiler alert. If you are still in season one, please stop now or forever hold your tweets. giant trying to tangle the jingle from the jangle, it's easy if you listen with your heart. Singing la 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 Singing la. la 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 Hey, King. Welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Cherie, and today it's just me. Um, I know we talked last week about how I really wanted to have a guest to discuss the finale, but um, Ashley hasn't had a chance to finish it all, and I really wanted to get this posted pretty pretty quickly, um, you know, within the uh, 48 hours of, of the episode airing. Um since that's, it's usually when we kind of, you know, want to hear about it. We want to hear, you know, everything right away. Um, But she will be back, I believe, next week, and we're going to do, like, a big Season 2 review, like a whole overall review. So we should hear from her then. But it's just me today. Like I said, we're discussing the Season 2 finale of Riverdale, Episode 22, Chapter 35, Brave New World. So (laughs) this is obviously in reference to the Aldous Huxley novel about... Um, a not so utopian society where everything is genetically engineered and predetermined for maximum efficiency until an outsider raises, raised in a primitive society is allowed in and turns everything on its head. So I don't know if that's supposed to mean Hiram or what. I don't know, but I feel like, as per usual, this has absolutely nothing to do with this episode of Riverdale. $10 says when they got picked up for season two Alberto had already made up his mind about what the finale episode title would be whether or not it matched the plot so because as far as a brave new world this feels very much like like uh the old world that we're used to um it really even kind of felt season one-ish so the episode opens in a cemetery with veronica archie and grieving widow betty surrounding jughead's gravestone it says forsyth pendleton the third and then below it it says jughead to his friends betty's crying and she places jughead's beanie on his grave as if he wouldn't be buried in it but i mean whatever it was real sad and i also wanted to scream who's an idiot now twitter until whoops uh it's it's still me, I'm still leaving it. It was just a dream. Jughead wakes up in the hospital noticeably less fucked up than when we saw him at the end of last episode. Like I don't know how much time has passed, but it can't be very much because everyone is still like at a ten when they need to be at like a four in the current situation. I mean, you know, a little riled up, but let's settle for a second. FP is by Jughead's bedside, of course. And he admits that Fangs didn't die either. <laughs> like, what? Well, guys, I of course want to see more Fangs, but I'm just not gonna believe you anymore when you say that someone dies. We've, is Midge even really dead? Shit. I mean, I guess. But apparently it was just a ploy by either FP or a sheriff's deputy. That's still real unclear to me. It seems like everyone believes it was the sheriff's deputy um, who called FP and said that and it was him lying. But I almost believe in my heart that FP made the whole thing up because, you know, to get them riled up and fight the ghoulies. Because he he wanted to fight the ghoulies, I, I think. It, it wouldn't surprise me after the way he's acted this entire finale episode. I would believe it. When, and this war, which apparently the serpents were all the more willing to do once Jughead got the ever-living shit kicked out of him. But alas, there were more ghoulies and serpents, even with the reserves called in. You know, those uh, serpent reserves. <laughs> FP says it was like shooting snakes in a barrel, insert eye roll here, since you can't see me. You know what I would have rather seen than this exposition? The fucking battle scene between the serpents and the ghoulies. Like, isn't that what all of this gang shit has been leading up to? And they're just gonna hand wave it away? I, that would have made for some great TV. Let's see it. Anyway, FP tells us that Sunnyside Trailer Park fell their home still stands, even though most burned down because like, of course, even though I feel like if the ghoulies, you know, were the ones burning shit down, they would have targeted the Serpent King's house first. But, you know, that's like the one set we have. So we have to keep it. Um, and also, I thought the ghoulies wanted to move into Sunnyside Trailer Park, like so that they wouldn't have to live in those weird caves underground bodegas anymore. I mean... The lighting above ground is just so much more conducive to bedazzling spikes on every piece of clothing in the world, but I guess not. I guess they just want to burn shit down. Fine. Fire is fun. (laughs) FB tells us that some of the serpents defected to the ghoulies and even more were arrested. The rest left town. The serpents don't exist anymore. So you just need to focus on getting better, boy. and Take care of Betty. (gasps) Betty what happened to Betty and I really wanted FP to like cross his hands under his chin and be like oh haven't you heard the latest hot gossip her dad is a fucking serial killer (laughs) cut to we pan up below the hospital bed to tell us that um some time has passed Betty is laying on top of Jughead in his hospital bed and I don't know what kind of morphine or hydrocodone he's on but considering how much the ghoulies kicked like literally kicked every inch of his body with their pointy my motorcycle boots he should be in a world of hurt and not able to snuggle even a little bit I mean he was he was so beaten up we thought he was dead and now he can like snuggle I just mm, I don't I don't think so as the scene is closing out, Betty even leans on his shoulder. The one that Penny freaking ripped the skin off and just BT dubs. I kind of don't blame Penny for that. Jughead should have fucking uh, known what was coming to him when he mutilated her. Not saying two wrongs make a right. Just, you know, I get her point of view on that. So like, fine. But back to my point. Damn, Betty, get off of him. Oh, and they aren't running for student council anymore. Gee, wasn't that just a complete waste of plot? <sighs> Veronica informs Archie and Fred that her mother is going on an Eva Peron rainbow tour, but it's okay. She can get Fred scheduled right behind her, but he's like, fuck it, guys. I can't beat Hermione. She's going around telling people that it was the Lodges who saved Riverdale and everybody's wine. It's so fine. Oh, and Veronica isn't running for student council any longer because plotting against her parents has become a full-time job. No shit. Try reporting on all of your nonsense. My goodness. It's exhausting. Betty calls just then. So we get a very cute shot of our core four huddled around Jughead's hospital bed. Apparently he's getting out of hospital and going back to school tomorrow. What? For fuck's sake. You were so beaten up last night that we, we actually thought your body was lifeless. Surely Jughead would get to couch surf for like at least a week until like, you know, the internal bleeding stopped Jesus. Anyway, Archie explains that they still need Jughead's brain to solve the mystery of the second shooter, the grassy knoll. <laughs> but oh, but Jughead puts his security beanie on, and I think that might introduce infection to his many wounds. But whatever, you know, it's like he's like, okay, I've been super vulnerable for a long time. I need, I need my banky. Everyone agrees that Hiram is behind the black hood poser, the second shooter. They ponder who. Hiram could have hired to shoot Fred and the new sheriff is brought up as a suspect apparently just all so that we can get this awkwardness out of the way we can get Archie saying that he has to go to the sheriff's station anyway tomorrow so he'll talk to him and Betty's like why do you have to go to the sheriff's station why Archie and he has to painfully say so I can identify your dad Betty oh right he's like the black hood in the eye <sighs> Okay, which we don't get any payoff of, because the person that was the Black Hood in the season one finale, nobody knew who he was, because they didn't decide that it was going to be Hal until like 10 minutes ago. And so we don't even get like a close up of Hal's eyes. And that, that really bothers me as as a TV viewer like that. That hurts. So We'll cut to attorney to all local teens, Sierra McCoy. She has successfully granted Cheryl emancipation from her mother, and legal guardianship has been granted to Nana Rose, who very well might be evil to... I mean, she was part of a gang who killed the wrong guy in the Riverdale Reaper thing by burying him alive. She does watch Bob Ross, though, so that's pretty vindicating of her character. But I'm just saying, you know... The lesser of two evils is still evil. For some reason, Cheryl has allowed Penelope and Uncle Daddy Clifford Claudius to live in one of the barns on her estate, despite their ploy to kill her. So she marches the emancipation paper on down to the barn where they're living, and as she peeks inside, she sees them meeting with Hiram. (gasps) She gasps and hides in an empty heroin barrel before Penelope can poke her head out the door and to glance around like... Like, someone who is definitely not worried that they're about, that they're being overheard. You know, she's kind of paranoid, as she should be. Um, a giant group of looky-loos has gathered on the Cooper's front porch while Alice understandably loses her shit on them. Um, she's all like, come see where the serial killer lived, where he ate, where he laid his head, where he plotted his murders. And I feel like he probably plotted his murders in his share B&B, Alice, but it's okay that she's kind of lost it. It's understandable, I mean, good God. Betty gets them all to leave somehow, even though she's only holding it together, like, just barely fractionally. And a lawn mower a lawnmower just rode past my car in a, the middle of the parking lot. What is my life? Um, oh, here comes another one. This is fun, just great. This is great podcasting. Um, But Betty's only holding her shit together, like, fractionally more than her mother. And then we get Riverdale. So after commercial, the next morning, there are more curious onlookers outside Betty's house. Betty is not going to school right now because her dad was just arrested for being the Black Hood, and her mom needs her emotional support but also because she really doesn't even go to that school. I mean, the only time we've ever seen her in a classroom was like in episode two of season one, like in biology lab. She is so rarely at school as it is. And then when we do see her, she's either in the blue and gold office or the student lounge or at her locker. I think she's been to like two river vixen practices all season my point is I don't think she's missing much schoolwork. she's doing some sort of independent study where she just gets to be crazy and play like BDSM Nancy Drew and that's right <laughs> but you know everybody's like you need to come back to school why she hasn't been to school all season at the sheriff's station Minetta and Archie look through the one-way glass at Hal sitting in prison in um in one prison uniform that will change in a few scenes Right now, he's in a tan one. Later on, he's going to be in a denim one. Make up your mind, costume department. Um, A cop puts puts a black hood over his face, and Archie confirms that that's Hal Cooper. That's my neighbor. That's the man that shot my dad at Pops. But he is just one of the black hoods. So the new sheriff in town, he hits his damn apple with a pocket knife. And that's how we know he's either evil or 73 years old and he looks to me to be about 35 so we're going with full on evil <laughs> that was weird I highly doubt that pocket knife is clean and I bet it's seen some shit um he tries to blame the shooter at the Andrews house on looters during riots who just happened to be wearing black hoods but Archie knows better and he stomps out he's like fuck off I'm right and you know it At the Andrews house, Betty apologizes to Fred, not for Hal's actions, but for not recognizing what was happening right in front of her this whole time. And like, Fred, when she says, I'm supposed to be this great detective, this is your cue to say, no, you aren't. You're supposed to just be a kid. Your father's actions are not yours. Nobody expects you to know that a serial killer is living in your house like what the fuck Betty that's uh, honey and maybe maybe there's just like some deleted footage of Fred talking her down but I would have liked to have seen that because I know he's that kind of a person he's a good person who would talk her down um Kevin walks into the boys' bathroom at school and finds Moose crying. All of Midge's stuff is gone. All of her belongings and the stuffed animals and cards left in tribute to her were trashed in the riots. Kevin consoles Moose as a friend, and then uber-vulnerable Moose kisses Kevin. And if they were adults, I would be really upset at Kevin for kissing him back instead of recognizing that Moose is, like, buried in grief and needs just a friend more than anything so I'll give Kevin a pass because they're 16 and because we were led to believe this whole season that Kevin would have a boyfriend and guess what we don't actually see him with anybody until this season freaking finale Riverdale A show where they will spoil the shit out of everything and promo posts on social media the day of the episode, but then lie about actual vague plots. It's so frustrating. Reggie and Josie are also dropping out of the race, but they're awfully snuggly on that couch in the lounge. Hmm. Veronica says, well, I guess that leaves just one, Archie. But wait, unbeknownst to everyone... Ethel has decided to run as a third-party candidate, even though she would be a fourth person on the ballot, but it's a nice Jill Stein joke, so was kind of funny. I must say, again, we don't know how much time has elapsed since the end of last episode, but for a school that's walls were cut open with goddamn pocket knives, everything seems to be back in tip-top shape. <laughs> like, everything's just back in order. Andrew's construction must have been busy while Jughead was in a coma just dreaming about his friends grieving him. Uh, speaking of, in the Swords and Serpents LARPing classroom, Jughead reads a memo from Principal Weatherby to Tony and Sweet Pea saying that due to overcrowding, the former Southside students will have now have to be bused two hours away to Seaside High. What about Greendale or Centerville? I feel like they're a hell of a lot closer. Whatever. Sweet Pea says, Weatherby's just blaming us for trashing the school during the riots, which Jughead rightfully points out that, um, Sweet Pea, you and the other serpents literally did trash the school. So, Weatherby has a point. Oh, and despite what F.P. told Jughead in the hospital, there are actually a shit ton of serpents left. And I mean, wouldn't there have been? Have to be, you know, because, like, how else are Tony and Sweet Pea there? They have parents too, I'm assuming. Anyway, they're all camped out at the White Worm. Cheryl lets Veronica know that she found Hiram colluding with Penelope and Uncle Daddy, so you might want to get on that, V. So she goes home and says, Daddykins, what the fuck were you doing with Cheryl's mom? And he says something, blah, blah, diversify business, blah, blah, getting into the maple trade, which we all know means Hiram wants to traffic heroin now. Cool, cool. (laughs) Veronica thinks maybe Hiram hired Claudius to dress up as the Black Hood. She says that it's not at all out of character for Hiram to put Hermione in the crosshairs for his political agenda. And since Hermione is wearing her smart person glasses, we know that that means she understands what Veronica is saying too, and she agrees. Cut to The White Worm, where dirge music is being played on an organ, (laughs) and we get ultimate sad face Jughead. Oh my god. I don't know if it's the makeup with, like, all of his boo-boos, Or or if his face actually curves that much, (laughs) but I could laugh for hours at that face. Anyway, there are displaced serpents everywhere on makeshift beds, just eating straight out of cans and like wrapped in blankets and shit. Sweet Pea says a lot of serpents couldn't afford to just up and move out of Riverdale because, no lie, moving is fucking expensive. Jughead asks if his dad knew about it I mean, duh bro your dad is not always the most stand up guy like, I know he's made a lot of traction since the drive in and drunkenly picking fights in Archie's garage last season but he's still a very flawed man, he threw you against a wall not that long ago like, that's actual child abuse, so you need to get him off a fucking pedestal already Veronica and Archie sit with Betty on her bed in her room to convince her to come back to school. And she doesn't want to show her face, though, because her dad killed Midge in front of the entire school and most of the town. He also shot Moose in the back like seven times. How is she supposed to show her face again? And I get it. Um, She asks Archie if he if he hates her dad and he doesn't answer, but she does. She hates him. And I don't blame her. Um, It's okay to hate your parents. They're people, too. And bad people have children. Like, it's a thing. It doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make the children bad. If your parents are fucking terrible people, it's okay to not worship everything they do. Speaking of bad dads, FP is off the wagon again. We see him in just a sea of empty beer bottles because Hiram fired him from Pops. A little overreactive, but fine. And Jughead is like, and? He's a bastard who tried to have me beaten to death last week. You don't see me getting wasted, you pathetic, sexy piece of shit. FP doesn't care. He just wants him and Jughead to quit the gang and skip town. He's already called Jughead's mom, who we goddamn better see next season. I'm looking at you, Gladys Jones. Better fucking cast somebody already, not to mention Jellybean. (sighs) Bean. We need these people. Jughead deserves the rest of his family. Like, we have no idea what kind of person his mother is. We have to assume that Jellybean is cool as hell. Let's, Let's meet them. FP is adamant that they're moving to Toledo on their motorcycles. Why? You have a truck. I mean, he tells Jughead to pack light. Like, he could pack... Maybe a bag, if you would just take the truck. Um, but Jughead refuses to leave Betty and the Serpents because he, the child in this relationship, understands responsibilities. After commercial, Fred's campaign headquarters is at the construction trailer, and they're getting tips from Mayor McCoy on how to win elections. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work. <laughs> they can't hang for long, though, because Sheriff Minetta calls Archie and Fred to the station. Poor Kevin had to relay that message. That was, that was kind of a bummer. Minetta tells Archie and Fred that an anonymous tip in the second Black Hood case led them to a suspect, Gerald Petit, also known as Tallboy. Because we do ironic nicknames on this show. Oh, but don't ask him about it because he died after engaging in a firefight with the cops. And it's all just a little too clean and tidy for me. Like, they definitely pinned it on him. It was someone in Hiram's gang that wasn't Tallboy. And they fucking shot Tallboy so he couldn't talk and say anything different. I firmly believe that. I don't buy it for a second. I mean, I know Tallboy is a piece of shit, but mm -mm, it doesn't sit well with me. Polly and the babies are back and God, she's lucky that (laughs) she has those babies or I would just fast forward through her shit on, on like on rewatches. I'd watch it through the first time, but I mean, are there any actual Polly fans out there? Anybody? Like, and I don't mean Tira Scuffbe or how, how however we say her name, bless her heart. Like the actress is wonderful. She's beautiful. She, um, definitely plays a creepy person very well but the actual character of Polly makes me want to stab myself in the face she wants to go see Hal and offer forgiveness because her cult leader says so barf M- no ma'am maybe in like a couple of months a couple of years whatever not week of <laughs> I'm sorry Alice only wants to see Hal so she can give him a piece of her mind because that is so Alice and Betty is adamant that she's not going to see him. So we know she is absolutely going to see him. <laughs> That's so Betty! Hermione admits to Veronica that it is conceivable that Hiram was behind the attacks at the debate. So she gives some hot tips to her teenage daughter on how to take down her mob boss husband. You know, typical mother-daughter chat. Hiram is wanting to buy the white worm, so Hermione suggests... Veronica purchased it with the money she extorted for rapey St. Clair. Luckily, like we said earlier, Sierra McCoy has taken to legally represent all Riverdale teenagers, so she helps Veronica get that money back from Hiram after he stole it from her and put it in a bullshit trust. Because if Veronica has learned one thing this season, it's that blackmail will get you everywhere in life. And she knows a shit ton of her parents' secrets that could easily tank Hermione's political run, but bitch Hiram is not one to mess with like what are you thinking be a little bit more coy about it V Archie comes over to Jughead's to tell him about Tallboy Jughead accepts it as truth and I feel like that's why we should too but I'm I'm telling you I don't buy it in what be what might be the most confusing scene of Riverdale thus far and that is fucking saying something you guys Penelope is offended that Cheryl thinks Nana Rose would be a better guardian for her than her own mother. Um, Nana hasn't fucking threatened Cheryl's life yet, overgrown melted Barbie. God. Cheryl doesn't take the bait though and basically says, fuck you, I'm off to deliver treats to my girlfriend and her fellow gang members at the local biker bar and I'm just doing it dressed up like an actual Little Red Riding Hood, basket and all. Get out of the way. Penelope suddenly shows a look of concern and tells Cheryl not to go there. You can't go there tonight. Why does she care if Cheryl is caught up in a sting? Like, this bitch had our queen locked up in gay conversion torture and has openly admitted to wanting her dead for her inheritance why does she care if cheryl gets arrested legally cheryl isn't even penelope's problem anymore i just find it real hard to believe that after everything this woman has done to her child she suddenly gives a shit i just i don't think so i mean it was nice to see it was nice to see natalie bolt not um have to play such a terrible person but fuck it doesn't make sense So cut back to Jughead's trailer where him and Archie are going to town on what looks like ice cream sundays, except Jughead sprinkles pepper on top of his. (laughs) I don't know if those are supposed to be sprinkles, or if that was a joke from Cole, or maybe what they're eating is an ice cream. That's what it looked like, but it was super bizarre. (laughs) And before he can finish telling Archie about FP's plans to move to Toledo, cheryl just opens the damn door doesn't knock or anything but she comes in and warns them about the raid that's about to happen on the worm so smash cut to all of them already at the bar as jughead relays a message with perfect seriousness it was it was actually really good sweet pea wants to know where they will even go because there's nowhere to hide anymore but the camera zooms in on archie the literal bright spot in a room full of darkness again We saw that happen in the church during Veronica's confirmation, but we see it again here. And Jughead says that they've been offered asylum on the north side. And there's this this really awesome montage of like the exodus scene, the whole gang moving through the streets, ducking out of sight from patrol cars as a very, like, churchy aria plays over, so definitely reinforcing the biblical nature of this, that Jughead is Moses, and these are the Jews um, escaping Egypt. And anyway, it's all just telling us, like, this is pivotal for the South Side Serpents. They get to the bridge that I always thought separated Riverdale from Greendale, but apparently it separates the North Side from the South Side, and Jughead hesitates for just a moment before crossing like the Red Sea. <laughs> it was so on the nose, but it was beautiful. And I loved it. And my other question for this scene, I guess my only question right now, how in the hell does Archie fit this many people in his house? There are like 40 people. With him. Do we even ever see a guest room? I mean, I don't know where Mary stays when she comes to visit. But and we know the garage is currently occupied by the jalopy that we haven't seen since the musical episode and it kind of makes me sad I hope it comes back in season three (laughs) I just um it boggles my mind where he's gonna put 40 people after a very bizarre commercial starring Jared Leto that kind of had me shaken for a little bit um man Jordan Catalano he is not anymore Whew, that guy Fred, Luke Perry, our other '90s hero, is feeding the entire serpent crowd's eggs and bakey, complete with fun diner names. Because oh yeah, he worked at Pops for a summer. Of course he did. <laughs> that's so that's so Fred Andrews. Um, looking around his house at all of his guests, Archie gets an idea, and he asks Jughead, "How many jackets can he borrow? I feel like there are more jackets than um, than people in the Andrews house right now, but whatever." swipe up to the school where um it's we're in the principal's office and the like desk in front and there are posters for Archie in this football uniform and they're um interspersed with Ethel posters and she's posed sort of like Rosie the Riveter except you know not (laughs) um it's it's just her face it's just a picture of Ethel Uh, with a yellow background and a blue word bubble with white letters that say underdog and then a red box below it says bulldog uh okay it would have been better if like she had her like hair up in a in a bandana and you know her arm up and the like you know flex and like the emoji and literally any skeet comment on instagram but it's not it's fine Oh, and there's this little piece of paper, scotch tape to the wall that says no swearing. (laughs) And I think that's probably the most realistic school prop we've seen yet. This is all in Weatherby's office when out of the corner of his little eye, he spies the entire student body wearing leather jackets. They're all wearing serpent jackets. Archie says everyone is willing to walk out to keep the serpents there. So Weatherby threatens to expel anyone who walks out and Archie calls him on his bluff and... We can't expel a Golden Boy, so whether we backs down. Again, the school is really well put together considering <laughs> how we saw it during the riots. It it is looking tip top. There's this really sweet scene bet- between Tony and Cheryl where Tony tells Cheryl that she looks good in that jacket. And Cheryl is like, duh, I look good in everything. No truer words, honestly. So they agreed to make it official later. Veronica pulls Jughead aside into the lounge to tell him that her dad is wanting to buy the white worm. And he's like, and he also fired my dad from Pops. So we're not going to be eating there anymore. <laughs> where the hell are they going to eat if they can't eat at Pops? Fuck. That enrages Veronica more than anything. So she has an idea. Cut to the white worm where Hiram walks in to find Veronica instead of Hogeye. She apparently just bought the bar. She offers him the deed if he gives her Pops... Um, which totally defe- defeats the purpose of buying the White Worm anyway, but hey, Riverdale logic, everyone. It's a deal. On the condition that she she's fully financially cut off. No more allowance, no trust fund, no credit cards, no more partnership or ownership in stake in Lodge Industries. She agrees because Pops is more important than all of that, and it's all blood money anyway, which she didn't care about before but fine and god camilla's performance in this scene is breathtaking give this woman all the emmys please like i for one am here for it for at least a few episodes of middle class veronica like veronica dressed in like macy's or jc penny's clothes is like exactly what i want Poor, poor thing, having to buy clothes at the mall. Or gasp, what if she had to buy stuff off a of thread up? <laughs> that would be amazing. Betty, maybe Ethel can give her some of her clothes <laughs> she tried to do that last season. Oh, that would be great. Um, Betty and Jughead are babysitting the twins, and Betty ponders if she has the same evil as her father and his father and his father. Jughead says that she might have some darkness just like him but that doesn't make her evil and you guys that darkness is called depression and you really need to be medicated for it and you need to go to therapy but all my bughead feelings are buzz and it was very sweet and I loved it I like those guys at the high school gym um both everybody is both voting for the mayoral election and student body president it's all happening at the same time and it's super weird that's not a real thing Jughead mentions that he's there to cast Betty's vote for Archie, but really, like, that dialogue was just so Archie can ask how Betty's doing, and Jughead says he thinks she's going to be okay, just so that they can do, like, a smash cut to her sitting outside of Hal's Supermax prison prison cell, like Clarice and Silence of the Lambs, and holy fuck with the symbolism. Like, they go a little overboard with the Silence of the Lambs shit here. Hiram, or not Hiram, Hal wasn't, like, eating his victims. He was just killing them because he's a psycho, He keeps arguing that she has the same serial killer gene in her that he does, but she's just here to say goodbye. No more darkness, no more evil, it's over. You have no power over me. Yas, queen. Betty walks out stoically, just, oh, it was great, as he shouts at her that he'll always be with her, like a demented Jesus. (laughs) Oh gosh, this show... Surprise, surprise, Archie Andrews has won student body president. I, I actually kind of hoped Ethel would get a win here. Like, she, she She keeps getting the shaft. Oh, and all former Southside High students will remain at Riverdale High. And, like, I know Reggie and Moose wear serpent jackets in the big student body scene, but their celebration of this news was very perplexing to me. Like, <sighs> Reggie was wanting to shoot Fangs. like he literally tried to murder him he didn't but he wanted to he had a gun and he was going to shoot him <laughs> moose in fact called them all Southside scum last episode like what gives now they're all besties and they're like whoo whoo whenever <laughs> they say that the serpents are going to get to stay like it just it makes no sense I need to see them bro down more before coming to that level of celebration So now we go to the big serpent block party on the riverbanks. (laughs) FP announces his retirement for real this time. He even says that. He hands over the metaphorical crown to the actually crown boy Jughead, who FP says has never stopped fighting for the serpents, except for, you know, that whole time he was adamant that he wasn't going to join. Remember that? Remember episode one of this season when he said he wasn't going to join the serpents because that was his dad's life, not his (laughs) my my what a crazy 22 episodes it has been oh and hey fangs is there on crutches because that's a real thing when you have a stomach wound Uh, maybe it is i don't know what the fuck am i talking about (laughs) i'm no doctor um he's also drinking beer and i feel like that can't be good for him but whatever FP pulls out a bright red leather jacket from a duffel bag and hands it to Jughead to perform his first official act as leader to present to Cheryl. So now that Jughead is the leader, that means that Cheryl doesn't have to do that fucking god-awful strip tease or run the gauntlet. Cool. Long live the king. Um, I... (laughs) I I don't understand. I mean, I feel like a FP would have to be jumped out if he was really leaving the gang because you have to be jumped in. And I don't know which Tony did because I think the, like, the striptease was for if you were going to be the girl of a serpent, which technically is what Cheryl's doing. And not to say that I don't want to see Cheryl in her underwear because she's obviously a very beautiful girl. I don't want to ever see another supposed to be 15 or 17 year old, because again, the writers don't know how twins work. Jason was 17. So Cheryl would have to be 17. Um, but I, I don't want to see them taking their clothes off in front of a bunch of middle aged men. That was not cool. Um, but anyway, I'm also kind of bummed that Cheryl gets like the nouveau serpent design. That's just a snake circle instead of the two headed S shape, shaped snake that Jackie and FP and all the other like actually named serpents get to wear. Kind of sucks. Betty confesses to Alice that she saw Hal. it was hard but she thinks she wants to go back to school I love these two that was a really sweet little scene that could have easily easily been cut but it was good and I like that it stayed at the Andrews house Fred Sierra and a gaggle of teenagers are gathered awaiting the news a call on the rotary phone because hello time warp the rotary phone (laughs) tells us that Hermione won the election there's a knock on the door and we're all supposed to be really scared because the soundtrack is like Um, we're really afraid someone's going to shoot Fred again for a third time but it's just Hermione and she's being a gracious winner and she came to congratulate Fred on his campaign and to say that it was very close less than 200 votes apart when it seems like there aren't all that many people of voting age in Riverdale, so 200-ish votes is kind of a lot of votes to me. They shake hands with a smiling former Mayor McCoy in the background, and it's, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of nice. Everybody's making peace. Archie asks uh, Veronica where her dad is tonight, so we cut to Archie sitting in Hiram's study at the Pembroke. This scene. I am of so many minds on this scene. On one hand, I'm so glad Archie grew a spine and stood up to Hiram, And it was kind of awesome to see him all like threatening and shit with that knife. But on the other hand, of course, of course, this was going to bite him on the ass later on. Like, bro, you are a teenage errand boy. And he is the godfather. He kills people and takes their money out from underneath them for a living you're gonna wake up tomorrow with like a bulldog's head in your bed oh <laughs> okay no that sounded better in my notes but that's really sad I take it back anyway Archie breaks up with Hiram and Hiram is a bitter bitch about it great scene work though for both KJ App and Mark Insuelos like they were, they were both excellent it was amazing After commercial, we go to one last scene at Pops where all the windows are repaired and, like, nobody's throwing Molotov cocktails, so I guess, like, harm threw some money at that to get it all fixed. Veronica regales us with her plans for Pops now that she owns it. She's going to open up a peach pit after dark. (laughs) Not really. Apparently, there is a basement that used to be a speakeasy because of fucking course. And she wants to open it up so they have another place to hang out next season since Hiram is using the White Worm as his clubhouse for his, like, brand of ne'er-do-well Legion of Doom. Um, so we cut to that. We see them. This gang of baddies includes Penelope and Clifford, Claudius, whichever, that guy, Penny Peabody, Malachi of the Ghoulies, and Sheriff Mineta. Hermione can't join because she's the mayor now. and She needs to exercise her favorite phrase, plausible deniability. And also because we can feel her like defecting from being a pirate's ass. So that's good. We know she she's better than this. The plans for the new South side include far more than the for-profit prison. Hiram also has plans for a healthy drug trade, running through the prison and the Ghoulies, acting as dealers on the streets. Penny will be troubleshooting for them, and Hiram says, hopefully she does a better job at that than killing Jughead. And she's like, hey, he was dead-ass shit at the end of last episode. me. (laughs) Oh, and Penelope will eventually get her long-awaited brothel. And as for those meddling kids, Hiram has a plan to take down the very clue that holds them all together and i was like what you're gonna ban milkshakes like what are you gonna do but um, but nope he's just gonna get archie arrested whatever and Polly congratulates alice on visiting hell a scene that i would very much like to have been witness to i would have liked to have seen that much more than Hiram meeting with uh his quote-unquote legion of doom and she uh, sees her mother at her most vulnerable and this bitch Gets her to agree to meet with her cult leader. Fuck. Look, I love me some true crime cult shit. Wild Wild Country is like the most riveting thing I've seen in a long damn time. Jonestown? Love it. Heaven's Gate? Can't get enough. We'll be goddamned before I see my Alice join a cult. Fuck a bunch of that shit. Go back from Once You Came, Polly, and leave the babies here. Because <laughs> I'm I'm honestly not sure which is a better place to raise children. A cult? A cult? Or Riverdale but at least in Riverdale they would be on screen more and I would get to see them because they're really cute uh pan up to a suite at the five seasons where Jughead and what fucking money I don't know got a room to have some sexy time with Betty like he doesn't have any money (laughs) that's Jughead's whole thing is he's poor I can not afford a room at the Four Seasons in reality and I have a good job and my husband has a good job and that shit is fucking expensive. Where did he get the money for this? I'm just curious. And there is not one damn bruise on that kid's arms or torso. Like what the actual fuck? I mean, seriously. Just a little a little black and blue makeup and it would have it would have made sense. Oh, and he leans on his shoulder. That does not It's the shoulder that doesn't have any freaking skin on it so that he can, like, low-key propose marriage to Betty. I'm sorry, what? It hasn't even been a full school year, and you two have spent months of that broken up. And so now that you're, like, regularly boning, you think it's a good time to get married? Like, y'all are still in high school. sophomores in high school, for fuck's sake. You still have two more years of school. And, like, don't get me wrong... I really fucking love this scene as a fan. I was definitely giggly and like all excited, but as a person with logic, like, no guys. At Archie's inauguration, which I'm sorry is not a real thing, nobody gives a shit about student council in real life. Anyway, Principal Weatherby has thankfully changed out of that god-awful bolo tie into a regular Paisley one. Josie starts singing the national anthem and gets the cutest little encouraging shake from Reggie like he kind of shakes his fist like yeah so hashtag Rosie you know I would like to see Josie with someone who is much less of a douche but if she can help Reggie mature then all for the better we get a lot of awkward exchanges between Archie and his friends in the crowd when suddenly he notices a menacing profile in the shadows oh shit Hiram is here And his hired sheriff, Minetta, marches in, flanked by deputies, to arrest Archie right there in front of the entire school for the murder of Cassidy Bullock, the townie creep from Shadow Lake. And I'm not sure if that is even in the same jurisdiction, but Keller, who isn't even on the force anymore, got to arrest Hal last week, so fine, I guess. Um, So there's our cliffhanger. Archie got arrested for murder, which on paper seems like a big cliffhanger, but after everything we've just witnessed, I'm super underwhelmed. Like, I'm A-okay waiting until season three to see how they get their way out of this one. When Fred was shot last season, it was my every waking thought until I saw season till season two started. <laughs> I mean, but I'm pretty sure I'll get plenty of sleep knowing that Archie is in jail. Like, as long as he isn't sharing a cell with Hal, I'm okay with it. He's done enough illegal shit in this season to deserve some jail time. So, hey, do the crime, do the time, fine. This is Riverdale. And, like, obviously he's going to get off, so it's fine. Um, for most Archie comics moment, there is actually quite a bit in this episode. Um, I could see where a gang of super villain, you know, Legion of Doom would be in the comics. I can see the whole school wearing serpent jackets in the comments. comics i can see archie and jughead having to eat ice cream out of bowls because they're boycotting pops for those five minutes you know very nice like it it felt true to the um, source work in this one i felt best. blossom burn (laughs) when cheryl's talking to veronica and she calls hiram a strapping conquistador (laughs) so fitting i loved it or was it was it matador i don't know (laughs) it was funny um let's see i've got like two minutes for good, bad, funnies, my good. Um, everybody really brought their A-game as far as acting goes this episode. I was really impressed, like, all around. Like, everybody really, like, KG really impressed me this episode. And, I mean, he's he's always good at what he does, but he was he was exceptional, I felt like. Um, bad, I'm just going to say the tall boy thing. Like, we didn't see any of it happen. It doesn't feel real. I just, I don't know, it felt very throwaway. Um, for funny, I'm going to stick with... Jughead's ultimate frown face, because that really cracked me up, uh, for changes. I think FP's issues with alcohol are g- grossly overlooked. Like either get him checked into rehab or fu- I don't know, but this falling off the wagon every time something like little gets in his way. And I mean, it's not little, but like, I just don't like it. He can be pissed off about being fired without potentially, without potentially ruining his and Jughead's lives. Especially when his argument is that he won't be standing over Jughead's dead body in a body bag. Like, (laughs) bro, you're killing yourself and you're hurting your child. I don't want to see him hold another bottle of alcohol ever again. Unless it's like, you know, real Skeet Ulrich and he's at my house and we're sharing a bottle of wine. Then, you know, whatever. I'll make some concessions. Okay. I've got to go back into work, but I will come back and we'll do theories and Sabrina News and Skeet's Dadgram Corner. We'll kind of talk some about what we're going to do during the break. So hang tight and I'll be back in two seconds. Okay, I'm back. So. We'll start where we left off with theories. Um, I mean, Archie's definitely going to get off, like, while he should serve a lot of time for not reporting Cassidy's murder and for pulling up those guys' cars and being somewhat complicit in Papa Poutine's murder. Like, there is a lot of things that he is guilty of. There is no way in hell this show is going to exist with... You know, its main character in prison. So he'll definitely um, get out of jail within at least the first two episodes of season three, right? Eventually, Hiram's going to meet Justice. How far into season three that happens, I don't know. Hermione seems to be coming back around. And my theory is that she'll be fully good again next season. No more Lady Macbeth. Oh, and... Bear with me. I have a personal theory that would be super easy to find out, you know, the truth if I I really wanted to. But anyway, I think Marisol Nichols, who plays Hermione, is a Scientologist. She posted something this past week about her and her bestie, Kelly Preston, who we all know is married to John Travolta. And they're both well known for being Scientologists. And I've lamented my love for Travolta on this podcast It's one of those things that I'm not proud of, but I can't help. But, like, between Adele Dazeem Gay and the Scientology nonsense, I I think my days of dreaming that I'll someday be Mrs. Danny Zuko, you know, that I've wanted since I was six, I think those days have officially ended. And, look, I'm I'm not, like, biased against certain religions, but Scientology is a pyramid scheme. Like, the end. It's not, like, a real thing. So, um... I I hope that I'm wrong about that because she deserves better probably I don't know she might be a terrible person but she seems really nice and I think nobody deserves to have like all their money taken by some fucking weirdo who's trying to start like a cult to get him rich you know anyway we'll move on (laughs) Um, for Sabrina news Not really any news, but production is well underway. There have been a few production stills released or leaked, at least. And it looks like the show will, in fact, be set in the 60s, mirroring the comic, um, you know, the Chilling Tales of Sabrina comics. So we kind of assumed that they'd be set in the 60s, but hadn't really had any, like, hard facts. But based on the stills, it looks for sure like, you know, the cars and everything look like they're going to be from the 60s for Skeet's Dadgram Corner. So, yesterday morning, the CW held their Upfronts, which is kind of like where they announce which shows will be airing next season, and it's just kind of a publicity day for all the cast, I think, I don't know. That's kind of what I made up in my head what it's about. But there's a picture of KJ, Charles Melton, Casey Cott, and Cole doing like this weird handhold, arm hug thing, and all four of them posted it on their various Instagrams, but it was on Charles, Potney um, Reggie. It was on his post that Skeet commented, "Represent!" Multiple exclamation points. I think four, and like, yeah, that's literally what they're supposed to do. That's what they're there for—to represent Riverdale. <laughs> and then as our favorite honorary dad, Graham commenter, Lockley Monroe, aka Hal, aka the Black Hood he commented right below Skeets, the boyos! <laughs> With his own various exclamation points. Like, like, I totally think his kid just taught him that word. He was like, you should, you should call him the boyos. Um, cause like, I think that's what KJ calls them, you know, references all the time. But it was, it was just funny. Like, oh, look at these old dudes pretending to be young. So sweet. Oh, and then Lachlan, um, he added all of them as if, they wouldn't see it anyway. <laughs> oh my. So much dadliness in one comment section. God bless. Okay, so that is a wrap on season two. Um, Of course, I'll be posting during the break with recaps on the last two episodes of season one. I know I've got to get those out. It's just kind of been nuts around here. We've been out of town almost every weekend. It's, it's been crazy. Um, in the first eight episodes of season two. So... We've got to get those i have episode one already recorded i just got to edit it and get it posted as soon as i'm done with season one um we also plan on doing a few special episodes where we go over the seasons in general where we just kind of cover you know a broad season one a broad season two episode we want to do some episodes where we compare riverdale to some of its teen drama predecessors both murder mystery and not there are also a few movies related to both the actors and just the Archie comics that I want to watch and review so you know I don't know if I should say don't worry or I'm sorry but you will be hearing from me before season three starts. I promise. (laughs) I'm also hoping to get more of my friends caught up during the break so maybe they can watch it in real time next season And we can stop hogging all of Ashley's lunch breaks. (laughs) I mean, I so appreciate that she joins me almost every week. Um, She's such a sweet girl. And I will never be able to thank her enough for doing this. But I know there are weeks when she just can't do it. And there are probably weeks when she doesn't want to. She doesn't want, you know, to spend every week in my car talking about this show. And I get it. So we're going to try to get more people um, caught up since season two will be on Netflix May 24th. So once I can get everybody caught up over the summer, I don't know when season three will be airing when the um, premiere will be, but I'm sure we'll find that out soonish, probably um, during comic con. I assume, I think that's kind of what happened last year. And once, once we get that, then we'll be able to make some, you know harder plans until then don't forget to subscribe rate review that helps other adult fans find us if you want to reach out to me on twitter and instagram i'm at Sharibi and that's c-h-e-r-i-e-e capital B-E-E. You can always email me at realhousewivesofriverdale at gmail.com. You know, if you want, if you have like a master thread of all the clues that how is the Black Hood, send it. We, we will gladly talk about it on our season two broad recap. Anything really. We'll grab some hypothetical milkshakes and we'll talk it all over. Thank you for hanging out this season. See you next time on Real Housewives of Riverdale winter springtime and jingle jangle sing time right on to the summer and the fall so darling don't be weeping and please don't you be sleeping when i come creeping down the hall to sing it back